Hello and welcome back to the Wide World of Wargaming Age of Sigmar podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Gonzalez with my fellow hosts Garrett and John. Uh, we got a little bit that we want to talk about tonight, uh, primarily based around kind of the messiness that's been going on with Games Workshop and the big FAQ that's supposed to be coming around, I don't know, early this morning, tomorrow afternoon, next Tuesday, who knows. Um, and yeah, besides that, we are going to also talk a little bit about Winter Wars, which is an upcoming uh, grand tournament run by the lovely, the one, the only, the John. So uh, starting with that, uh, John, what is on your workbench and how are you doing tonight? Hey, I am doing wonderful. Glad to uh, hear from you, Alex and Garrett. Uh, what can I say? I am surviving uh, now that we're into the week. Uh, as you guys may have noticed, uh, I completed another hot pepper challenge over the weekend, uh, this time doing a, a triple pepper challenge with the, the Carolina Reapers, the Trinidad Scorpion, and the Chocolate Boot Laws. And uh, let's just say I have, uh, I've experienced a new level of heat, and uh, my tongue still physically hurts like i was uh sipping something earlier and it, it actually still felt like i have a sunburn on my tongue right now so hey, john yeah i still have so I, I got all your carolina reapers i ate all them in my chili and in sandwiches totally very delicious wonderful mm. pepper but you gave me that tiny little red one yes and i don't know what to do with it am i just supposed to pop that in my mouth and have fun or is there a recipe i should put it with <laughs> I, I am like what i'm i want to do something with this pepper and i don't know why Gotcha. Well, first off, it's if you just pop that bad boy in your mouth, you're going to go for a little bit of a heat ride. Um, probably equivalent to the Reaper without the sweetness. Um, okay. But other than that, that that particular pepper is often used for soups. So it might be good in more of like a, a noodle soup or something like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, my wife is wondering, is like, what is this plastic bag with this tiny pepper? I'm like, don't throw away the tiny pepper. Yeah. I'm saving it. The, the other thing I've used those for is chopping up real fine and put them in my eggs. But uh, I'm always a fan of peppers in my eggs. Okay. And, right. and on the flip side, Garrett, you know, I have one more of these Trinidad scorpions and a couple of these chocolate bootlaws. And I was going to see if you want me to uh, send them out to you, perhaps. I mean, it's really hard to get good peppers on the East Coast. I will say that. So I will welcome any sort of good quality produce. Excellent. Well, then in that case, my friend, you have a, a little treat coming your way. Excellent. Thank well, you. totally forgot about that. Oh, man, that's got to be rough. Yeah, it is. I bet. Yeah, so it's it's funny. Um, it used to be a thing. I remember, you know, when I was younger, I'd travel across the United States, and like as soon as you left uh, the West Coast, we would be like, no, no good salads. <laughs> but nowadays, I travel, and there, there's decent salads everywhere. So, uh, so all that fun stuff aside, gardening, hot peppers, and such. Uh, <clears throat> I also did manage to get a game in uh, against my good friend Michael. Actually, after the hot pepper challenge, uh, we went ahead and threw down some. Uh, some dice in my garage. And first off, I'm actually beta testing uh, this new app, the Rightful Ruler, which is an, oh, yeah. an augmented reality app. And it's it's basically set up for Warhammer 40K. But, you know, as long as you're playing like a Dawn of War type deployment or some, one of the crossover deployments, it works the same. And it, where it's really nice is you can put a ring, 32, 40, or whatever size base, and then put a nine inch ring outside of that. So you can mark, say, the front line of a unit with nine inch rings and know exactly where you're going to put your deep strikers in. Or in my case, I was able to uh, figure out where some guys were coming out of the gnaw hole exactly nine inches away. So uh, during my game this weekend against Mike, of course, Michael, uh, we've talked to him a couple weeks ago. We've been talking about his wins at the tournaments with the uh, Aussie Arc Bone Reapers. And uh, I just brought my normal uh, Skaven Tide, like I've been running at the last couple tournaments, didn't do anything new. And uh, we threw some dice. Uh, Alex, I can tell you what, man, those Ossiarch Bone Reapers, they are some nasty, nasty stuff. Man, that was a hard fight. Those oh. are just ugly. I, I think I think for sure, if anybody needs a fact and an adjustment of points, it's that army. Because uh, he didn't have a lot of stuff on the table, but it was still doing too much work. <laughs> And, uh, and that is pretty much it. So uh, I did manage to squeak out a win with my Skaven in that game. Um, of course, we were playing, uh, what were we playing? Um, 
Oh, uh, shifting priorities. And I basically just kept my focus on scoring five points every turn, every turn, every turn, and was able to build up an insurmountable lead. Uh, but by the end of the game, I only had like uh, a couple models left on the table. Uh, man, those catapults were just having me pick up hordes of rats. I think one round of shooting uh, each round basically decimated one of my big blocks of rats. So I was I was scrabbling and trying to make stuff happen on that table. It was a it was a tight fight. So so that was it. That's it for my week. Uh, other than that, of course, I'm enjoying a little bit of the St. George's single malt. Uh, that's just to keep my whistle wet for the evening. Uh, how about you, Garrett, uh, over there in produce-free uh, Virginia? How's your week been, my friend? <laughs> I think root vegetables get grown out here. <laughs> Fair it's enough. Completely produce-free, but it's like, I think cabbage. I think cabbage is popular in Virginia. I bet. Maybe I, some asparagus? Yeah. Maybe. I haven't. I, the asparagus is still better in California. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't gotten a ton of Warhammer done uh, between the Slaves to Darkness and I guess now the new FAQ drops. We, there's been a lot of theory hammer going on over here. Um, the Slaves to Darkness book definitely has shaken things up a ton out here. There was a lot of popular chaos players. Uh, my good friend Matthew Barker, uh, especially because he was a fan of using Marauders in his Nurgle army. And so I ended up playing a game against him using the new Slaves of Darkness rules, but using Maggotkin uh, Allegiance trait. And I honestly had absolutely no answer to his list. Like I went through my head with my current list and we were waiting on FAQs. We were using, uh, we didn't know exactly how to rule the Demon Prince mm. uh, bullshit command ability. We decided to have it be only in melee, and that's the only change we're going to make. Oh, so you, you kind of went for the the least power version, right? Yeah, the, well, not the least. It was a middle ground. It's still to D three for every six, but it only worked in melee, so it didn't work against shooting, mm. basically. Uh, so we because we felt that no matter what, like whatever power curve GW is going to do, making it only work in melee seems to be a reasonable thing that they will do. Like they're not that bad at their jobs. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> so that we decided to play with that respect, but uh, honestly, it, that didn't do anything. Blade, he got blades of putrefaction off, and being a, the marauders going up to two attacks apiece, and then Glock King giving him an extra attack, so at three attacks apiece, and getting the extra rend, like auto getting the plus one to hit at ten models. Now you don't need to roll barbarian hordes anymore, and then instead of getting plus one to wound, they get the extra rend. The, the marauders are pumping out so much damage, like he he put uh demonic power on them from the sorcerer the chaos sorcerer lord who's 110 points i have no idea where that came from but so they're re-rolling all hits not just failed hits and all wound rolls and so what he did is he's hitting on threes and with blaze of petrifaction now on fives to hit he's generating additional mortal wounds so he just re-rolled anything that wasn't a five or a six and just fished for fives and sixes and so he threw 17 guys at three attacks apiece and just did 27 mortal wounds. Oh man, that's awesome. That is awesome. And then he and but we didn't bother rolling his then wound rolls, which were at neg one rend. We didn't bother because he killed my whole unit. Oh wait, wait, wait. So the, like, the attack sequence doesn't end after the mortal wounds? Not with Blades of Petrifaction. Oh, yes, of course. Blades of Petrifaction is on a six plus to, see that Nurgle is in this interesting position where most of their rules are still pre 2.0 so they don't have this unmodified sense mm. and so there's all of these ways with the new slaves of darkness stuff to get inherent pluses to hit which makes blades of peach faction goes off in fours and fives and then full re-rolls that you fish for the fives and sixes and all these attacks and like even though his marauders went up from uh, 200 points for 40 to 300 points for 40 he didn't care He's bringing even more Marauders, and he's just steamrolling my whole army. Like, he had 120 Marauders, and I just did the math, and I was like, I could kill 40 of them in one turn, and then your other 80 just table my army in two turns. Congratulations. Like, I honestly did not know what to do with him, and I have to basically rethink my entire strategy. Wow. So that was fun. That was real fun to experience. Uh, we basically played one wow, I can, I can, like, 
my my blood pressure is going up just hearing you. Yeah. The, the amount of salt in that last sentence. <laughs> oh man, I need oh, a I need I a ha- cuff. I, I haven't even got to oh, the best part. Shit. So the marauder. I need to like drink a glass of water here. So with Nurgle, he can run and charge near the tree, and the marauder is if you roll to charge. You take your lowest die and turn it to a six. So he rolled a one and a five. So it became an eleven inch charge. He went from a six inch charge to an eleven inch. Holy charge. crap! So he can never, yeah, he can't fail his charges. There's no escaping him. Marauders have a minimum sixteen inch charge range because they add plus one to run and charge. They can run and charge, and any, but on average, they're probably moving twenty five inches down the field. So there's no escaping them. They pump out absurd amounts of damage. And he has 120 of them. And it was like, wow, that is, is unbelievable. That is. So that was fun. That, that sounds awesome. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, that's kind of where I started my week off and uh, just been kind of theorizing. And then uh, now it's started getting to this FAQ. But yeah, that, that's, that's been uh, my work bench. What, what about you, Alex? Uh, you know, uh, Bone Reapers. Um, but first, <laughs> hold on. I got to drink some. Uh, I got to drink some water after that one. A little salt you have there. Mm. Get that salty taste out of your mouth. Gotta, gotta, huh? You're probably used gotta, to having that. really stay hydrated your mouth right there, Alex. <laughs> no. <laughs> I walked into that one. Walked into that one. I, I deserve that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> normally, I'm the salt miner. Um yeah, well, um, got a lot of building, um, finished up a harvester. It's fully painted now. I'm excited about that. Got another harvester that's about two-thirds painted. Um, Arkin's two-thirds painted now. I just got my lead clavos in the mail um, and, and my catacros, but I'm probably not going to build catacros till spring. Oh, wow, really? Um, I'm probably not going to dive in with him to all that much. For starters, I'm really a big fan of Arkin and sure, other sure. stuff. Um, Is it the uh, lack of casting? Kind of the lack of casting. I mean, I, I bring a soul mason because the soul mason just yeah, he's phenomenal. I'm coming from it as from a point of being a night hunt player and knowing that most casters nowadays are about 140 points for a level. I mean, one. a necromant. Well, I mean, the necromancer is level one and he's 130. Uh, yeah. But that's the um, thing about Guardian, the Soul Mason is that he's a level two wizard for 140. That's insane. He's yep. a level two wizard for level for 140. And technically a he's a lot more than a level one wizard because at the end of the hero phase, um, even if he's cast his signature spell, you roll a dice and on a two up, he can cast his signature spell one more time. And on a, a six, he can cast it D three oh. more times. Now, normally it's not, that's not all that big of a deal, but it is a reroll ones to hit. Uh, aura and it affects a friendly unit wholly within 24 of the model so like that's pretty helpful um it's incredibly helpful um so yeah he has been um helpful i uh you know being in the vicinity of jeremy our, our good friend and and fellow host or technical host or secondary host I, who knows what we're, do, what we're doing nowadays with that um uh, being able to play with jeremy and can compare and contrast lists has been incredibly helpful. Um, and, and I dropped one soul Mason and replaced it cause I had some points to spare anyways and replaced it with, uh, the, um, leech clavos that I got in the mail today and I built them up already. Um, and blue tacked areas that I'm going to paint in pieces, but, um, leech clavos, you know, you lose, you lose, uh, the casting and you have an incredibly hardy hero that is hardier than Arkin and most other things in the army. I mean, he's got a two-up save before being in cover, a standing two-up. Um, I give him both the, you know, he's my general, and I also give him the godbone armor, the only artifact I'll have. So he ignores the first wound taken, and he's got a two-up with a six-up. And if I'm worried about mortal wounds, I can give him empowered Nadrite shields instead of go over a five-up against mortal wounds. Um, he's not exactly super crazy in close combat, but you can make him pretty decent in combat. And he gives away extra attacks, um, um, you know, to a unit for a command point, for a discipline point. For me, he's like a win-win-win-win, and he's been a huge boon to this army. Um, yeah, and so yeah, to hell with really that happy guy. To... <laughs> yeah, so for me, he's 300 points less than Catacross. I am totally okay 
with bringing, bringing yeah, you know, I, I, um, I, um, I fought against Arkin this weekend and I, uh, I sent mm-hmm. in, I sent in my monks to I charged him with two units of monks. And he had that spell on him to where he gets to teleport after taking wounds or whatever. So nope. I attacked him. He, he had a couple wounds or no, he had no wounds on him. I attack him. I take him down to one wound. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have one rend one, two damage, six. Fa- save has failed. He has to make two six up feel no pains to keep Arkin alive. And as as soon as Mike picked up the dice, I go, you know what? I already know he's going to roll two sixes. He rolls the dice, two sixes. Arkin is alive with one wound, teleports across the table, and heals like, I don't know, 20 fucking wounds. I don't even know how many wounds he healed, but he was almost at full health again. I, I about cried. Did he kill? Wouldn't he have had he kill... two six ups followed by two five ups? Huh? Wouldn't he have also had the five ups after the six ups? Um, he, there was at that point there was just two six ups that were rolled. Okay, so he had failed the five ups already. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then yeah, I mean it, it can be it can be pretty wacky because then like at the end of the combat, if he attacked first, killed some models, then attacked back, then he's got that one wound left, and then he heals two because he killed a model. And then at the start of his next turn, he heals himself three wounds. So yeah, it gets... And then a bone shaper can kill him three. Yeah, but you don't want to be near him. Um, well, if you teleport, you could have teleported. Yeah, he, he teleported him back and True. then something happened to him there. I don't know. He, was, he wasn't back at full health, but he was so close that I was I was seriously... Yeah. I mean, when you only have 11, it doesn't take much to get close to Oh, okay. Did he have Catacrosis as well. Oh, yeah, oh, there's another so that's what happened. He heals himself. So Catacurus and Arkin both have the same role. Nagash has it too, um, where it's uh, you pick four units wholly within 24 of the Arkin or Catacurus. And I think it might be 36 actually for Catacurus. And um, you can either heal three wounds or bring three wounds back. And you can only – and each unit can – it has to be four separate yeah, units. Yeah, so if an Archon has like killed someone, the there's two. He heals himself three. Catacross heals three. There's eight wounds of his 11 plus the one nine. So he's at nine out that of 11. Is, that sounds yeah. right. That exactly sounds yeah. right. Yeah. I do want to so, say, yeah. Alex, that um, I'm excited to hear that your Legio Cavill, whatever he's called, I, I'm glad that he's actually good because his model is dope. And mm. I, Oh, yeah. no, actually... Yo, I can tell you right now, I built him today. There's a way to make him not look bad. So I didn't know. Um, he looked awesome as default, so I didn't know that there was a bad way to make him look like Oh, oh, well, you know, I didn't really like the mount. I don't like the horse, right? Oh, okay. Um like like how does how does the horse that has like a hog like uh front suddenly have six attacks at one run? Um hitting on threes, wounding on threes. So what I did is I actually took the named Clavos's mount and then I just gave the, the non-named Clavos character, um, the, the normal Liege Clavos, um, not Xandros or whatever the dude's name is. Um, and so he's on the named character's Is it the same kit? It's the same kit. Oh, that's easy then. Yeah. It, literally, the difference is um, either it's the exact same pose kind of, but it's a different neck that leads into a different head. It's either like a beast looking head, like the like a, like a Dracoth skull basically, or it's like a horse with like armor on the front, um, and so I took the one, I took the Dracoth one, anyways. And you know, you play Petrifex. Petrifex take the bones from like ancient beasts and dinosaurs and ancient civilizations and shit. So you know, I was just thinking, yeah, might as well make him a little bit more dinosaur-y. Um But yeah, I just, I'm but, just uh, glad that such a cool looking model actually has uh, good rules because I feel like sometimes units of that size category can tend to be in this weird, mediocre, disappointing rule yeah, status. Yeah, beautiful models with Actually, sucky, sucky rules. Own. That's a, not a thing I've heard of before. <laughs> Ooh. Well, he's actually in a league of its own because he's on an 80 mil base, and there's only one other model in Age of Sigmar that's on an 80 mil base, and that's the Mangler Squid. I mean, so you know, that, that medium size, not large monster like a, you know, Bloodthirst or anything, but not small like a Stalker or something. Like, he's in that kind of, like, medium you know, large cavalry base style. Oh no, he's beyond, he's beyond um, cavalry. He's almost the same base. He's on, he's on an 80 mil circle. And when you, he's on a circle. 
He's on an 80 mil circle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he's not on a calf base. And so when you look at an 80 mil circle, circle comparable to like the harvesters, if you've seen the actual harvester models lately, um, they're like pretty comparable. I mean, like, of course, one's an oval and one's a circle, but they're like essentially the same size in terms of like size differential. That 80 mil circle is, is wide. It's big. Um, it takes up a lot. You know what I mean? So he's he's actually, yeah, on like a monster set. Again, mangler squig. Yeah, it's pretty base. big. Three and a quarter um, inches. I thought I thought yeah. he was on a cavalry base, like the uh, was it called no. the Lord Sellison on uh, Drakoff or whatever. I thought he was in that size category. See, so did I until I saw the leaks from the book uh, before the book came out, and I was like, "You look at the pieces of artwork. There's like somewhere like you're seeing like a top down, and you're like, what the fuck? He's on a circle.' Huh. And yeah, like, that's what the uh, and, yeah, like the Idnethys are on as well. It's kind of a, a nice size. Yeah, the Eidolons. Um, the idol. Well, I've tried playing a few proxy games with Jeremy and, you know, he's got like every AOS army. Um, so we tried to use some proxy hammer stuff and uh, we tried to find stuff. And that's when I discovered that only one other model has that uh, is on an 80 mil base because I was going to use an Eidolon and then I was going to use a Keeper and all these other things. And they're all in the same base size, you know, a Keeper, an Eidolon, they're all in oh, 100, 100 mil, mil huh? So I was, those are all hundred mm. mil. So I was either I either say okay, I either take the hundred mil base and proxy like as a, a keeper as one, or I take a sixty mil base and that's still so it's either twenty up or twenty down, you know. Um, yeah, so uh, it was it, it's interesting, um, you know. It's it's a different thing. One moment for the pause uh, and. Yeah, uh, we just got to build it up and test it out and get all the LVO practice out of the way. That's just the only thing that's on my workbench. My Mortec Guard are almost completely done now, so I'm excited about that. And um, unlike unlike Michael, our good friend Michael, I have no interest in bringing the catapults. They just, as a Night Hunt player, I can tell you right now, the Night Hunt or the uh, there's too many ambush mechanics out there that will lead to thing you know the 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 catapults being completely invalidated in addition to several realmscapes from several spell or several realmscapes that will invalidate uh the catapults and i just to me it's too much of a point investment you know fair enough on the other hand being on the receiving end of uh two catapults worth of shooting with a horde army uh with low saves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh it was pretty fucking ugly for me are you playing well, the catapults as, uh, are Skaven? Huh? Yeah. You just playing yeah. your Skaven? So the Bravery Bomb actually works oh, against yeah. you? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> like the, so, the so Bravery Warden works against nobody but, but Skaven. Skaven. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, like, Beasts of Chaos and stuff, too, but you don't have to, like, worry about no, that. No, Beasts even have Bravery um, 5. So it's, like, not even Beasts. It's literally just Skaven and Goblins. Well, bravery my, my thing is, I, I see that I see the potential because, you know, each one can do, fully wounded, can do uh, 15 damage to a unit if they roll, yeah. if they don't pass their save. True. But I keep on looking and I'm like, okay, well, like, Eidneth won't really care. Pardon me. Uh, Eidneth won't really care. Most death armies won't care. Um, Stormcast, especially Shootcast, definitely won't care. Um, I just see all these armies that aren't going to give a shit about it. And yeah, it is, they're anti-horde. They're definitely anti-horde units. Um, well, they're anti-low save. They're anti-low save. And you can't always, it, it depends on your matchup. It depends yep. on the mission. depends on so many different factors um, that will contribute to it. And then like, you know, the moment you play Sylvaneth, you go, great. Like, can't I can't use these the entire game because my opponent's going to be always in the way of a Sylvaneth Wildwoods. Yeah, I, as someone who's been playing Sylvaneth a bunch, I, I just want to say I'm super excited to play against those catapults because I'm just going to be like, yeah, my guys are inside the wood and then they're just going to move and charge you. Cool. Yeah, you just like, you're, yeah, you're I'm like. I'm an inch uh, inside the wood, you can't see me. And then I'm just going to move and charge you. Like, the, the, your catapults are worthless. And that wood is also blocking everything behind me. Congrats. Yep. I'll summon yep. two woods to make sure you can't even maneuver around it. Yep. Positive. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all that's on my workbench. But we do uh, want to take a look and and uh, talk a little bit about some of the things that have been going on, some of these releases here. And there's a lot for us to talk about. Uh, 
So we have a big FAQ that is uh, just around the corner. I think a lot of us were expecting the big FAQ to drop today, uh, a Monday. We typically record on Mondays, just a little insider info there. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of messy things that have been going on today uh, in terms of whether we're going to get the big FAQ today, tomorrow, next Tuesday, whatever. Um there's a lot of information here that we want to know since there's going to be an FAQ for every faction. And we've basically only gotten today, we've gotten the base size update, we which included Ossiarch and other things. Um, we got a rules uh, rule book and errata FAQ update, which did almost nothing. Actually, and they also... We- just got the errata the designer commentary is still the old designer commentary it's oh. the errata that changed for magikin thank you for correcting me then um and then yeah there, we got some changes to magikin and then we also got the leaks from other languages specifically i believe uh, the japanese uh downloads on the warhammer community site as well as the updates in Azure and updates in other FAQ sections for different things. So we have gotten a lot of different changes. They're all over the place. They're not like all centralized. They're not all completely communicated. And it's not the best look. Who knows what's going on? People talked about Nurglings being in the system, all this other fun stuff. But really, someone, someone's someone got to drink their coffee in the morning. I, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, and I, uh, I would say, Alex, you know, one of the things is, like, I would like to say that, okay, a mistake happened on a Monday, and they'll, they'll soon fix it. But the problem is, we've seen in the past that GW flubs some stuff like this, and their website and e-presence has been messed up for weeks at a time, or <laughs> almost, like, forever <laughs> so hopefully under the new gw they will sort this out soon uh and we won't be stuck with this uh partial facking uh partial facking problem actually <laughs> i just want to say that this is a wonderful end to 2019 age of sigmar it is like the perfect description of my opinion of this year's battle tomes and everything that went on with Age of Sigmar. This uh, you're talking utter chaos, right? <laughs> yeah, utter chaos, sloppy um, distribution, like the Sylvan. I mean, I, obviously I know Sylvaneth wasn't fully their fault, but just like so many things. Oh, I forgot that. about that. Yeah, just so <laughs> it, like I, this year has been so frustrating for me because going into 2019, we just got the 2.0 rule book in the summer with a Nighthaunt and Stormcast book that were solidly written, followed up by a Deepkin and Daughters of Cain book that both were really well written with very little errors in the actual writing. Yep. Then a Beast of Chaos book, which was mediocre, but honestly not awful. It had some great strengths, had some weaknesses. Then the Gits book, which was all all start. Then we started off the year with the Gits book, and it was all around great. And then everything started just going downhill we started having overpowered books sloppy writing just weird distribution like everything just went to shit like you i mean in the ocr bone reaper book they fucked up a wound profile by having it when you're at one wound on catacros you didn't know what profile to use because it was in two different spots like, mm-hmm. do they even edit their books anymore? Like, there's just every time a book has been released, the community has immediately come out and shown how many broken things you could do with the language used. And then the FAQ two weeks later does barely anything to fix it. So here's a question. Here's a question here. Which animal rights organization do we need to call <laughs> to release the monkeys that they have caged up doing all this work? Oh, well... Because well, I think that they're, what they're Peter. trying to do is, I think they're trying to do that thing where, you know, if you get enough chimpanzees in front of typewriters, eventually they're going to write Shakespeare. I know. So. Seriously, like, I, I'm so confused because they, you know, they started pushing matched play and we had all the disasters of 1.0 cleaned up and fixed. We ruled of one that made it so that you couldn't oh, abuse yes. mechanics. And like you couldn't, and then they started making so you couldn't modify the uh, priority role. They got rid of uh, Kairos from being able to do it. Lords yep. of the Lodge, they released a rule of one. You know, they uh, got rid of command point abuse. 
they started releasing thing after thing that was cleaning up the game. Yeah, and then tightening it up for match play, like making yeah. it more balanced and more fun, in my opinion, mm-hmm. for match play. And then 2019 hit and they threw all that shit out the fucking window. Sorry yeah. my language, but I'm like super frustrated because all of a sudden the rule of cool started seeping back in and they just started like it was Skaven and Flesh Eater Quartz was ridiculous and then slanesh got released and it was out of this world yeah and when somebody you say you say skaven and flesh eater courts were ridiculous maybe at the time but in hindsight i again long for the days when that was what meant broken was (laughs) yeah i know exactly i mean they fixed flesh eater court gristle gore by you know FAQ eroding his uh, Savage Strike, so that toned that down. They had to tone... They've had to tone down Skaven like four times now. Yeah, like, mostly in, uh, in, points adjustments, really. Yeah, it was just the new, way too cheap point, coming out of the gate. In the new points, the Warp Seer, the Deceiver, and the Screaming Bell all went up again. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, in, of- in theory, that is the uh, uh, the trauma that I, I am still in denial of. No, it's, it's actually in the uh, Skaven FAQ, which is in the Warhammer 40k FAQ section, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, if you go to the FAQs and change to the Warhammer 40k FAQs, your Skaven FAQs are over there. Well, they, they're not right now. They were oh, there they... for a minute earlier today. Okay. Um, let me see here. Yeah, because I, I personally did not get to see that. Okay, it was both in the it was in the 40k, the Horus Heresy, the Middle Earth, and the Blood Bowl. All used to, the, earlier today, all had the Skaven FAQ, but the War Age of Sigmar didn't. Exactly. And so, just, so that 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 foul document has been removed. <laughs> I, I'm not traumatized by it yet. Um, luck, luckily for me, uh, we're coming up to the end of the season, and I was planning to play a little something next next season, different next season, anyways. But if uh, what I've seen is true, then I probably uh, am shelving my Skaven this week, <laughs> honestly. But yeah. Uh, and, so, and, and it's not that it, – what it really comes down to is the list that I've played uh, in the past because of points changes uh, where it became unplayable. For example, uh, you can't really build a pure Pestilence list that kind of works out at 2,000 anymore, whereas you used to be able to. Um, and so – I shifted uh, away from that, and now I've been doing some other stuff. And now all of the stuff I use has gone up in points again or has been nerfed. And so it's like, well, I could be bitter and try to recover on the backside, or I could just set it aside, not worry about it for a while, and play some of my one of my other six armies for Age of Sigmar I own and have fun until the season changes and the fact changes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but basically... I mean, I'm I'm gonna let you go on and stop my rant, but th- this this sloppy release of the FAQ that the internet scrambled to jump on and GW flopped on is just a great description. It's it's a great metaphor for this entire year of sloppy writing and sloppy releases. Yeah, it, it, I love that you said that because I hadn't thought of it that way till you said it just now. But I I instantly and a hundred percent agree with what you're saying. And back to you, Alex. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, there's, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. Ah, uh, yeah. There's so many different changes, and, and I, uh. I try to be a positive figure. Like I'm always talking down conspiracy people who say they uh, come out with rules to sell models. I know that's not true. I am. I defend GW play like I try to defend the playtesters. I know a lot of the stress that they are under and deadlines and stuff, but yeah, of course, uh, this is just hard to defend See, anymore. Like my my thing is like, if you like your job or even if you don't like your job, you know, I it, even okay. I'm going to take myself as an example. Yeah, if I'm in a if I'm in a, a job that I'm really into or even one that I'm not very stoked about, like I'm still going to get the job done right a level of professionalism the level of professionalism says you're exchanging time for money and whether you love it or hate it and love the people you work with or hate with them there's a certain level of performance you're going to give based on the dollars you're being given right now if you love the job then you're inspired and you do amazing things because you go above and beyond right but professionalism says there's a minimum standard we're going to hold outside of this sloppy faq release it feels less like somebody is 
not giving a shit and more like priorities of what people are trying to do has shifted. They are less, they're less trying to, they're less, you know, just not giving a shit and releasing whatever. And it's more of this, Oh, this would be awesome. Let's just do this kind of thing. Like I think their priorities are, they have shifted away from competitive play as a priority and it's showing, and it's just really disheartening because they did so much work and effort to showcase and look at competitive play and give hand us our bone and really like you know play to us and like show us a game that they showed us what the game could be and then they just shat on it yeah you know i i I hear that opinion garrett um i i see something a little bit different myself what I look at is a company that that definitely made some big changes. I mean, we can go back a couple years, and GW has definitely changed who they are or how they engage the community. And as you described, in 2018, we had some very carefully, well-thought-out releases, um, an even pacing of the books, everything about it. Was, like, very nicely, very tight. And it, let me throw a scenario at you. Instead of getting you know out of control or anything, what if they got cocky. What if they yeah. wrote those couple books and they said, you know what? We've changed and now we got our stuff together. Now we think... know what it takes to produce the quality the best. And now that we are here, we're going to crank it out. And so they yeah, kept. That's, I think, exactly what happened. And I so they, this is... not so much that they, it, like, they literally went into this thinking, like, we know what we're doing. And so whatever we do, it's happening because we're just that good. And now we're seeing the the chaos of that. It's like, no, no. Like, maybe if you had released two-thirds, you know, or half of what you released this year. And last one year, of them they released had a little seven battle tomes. What's that? Yeah, last, last year, they released seven battle tomes. This year, they released 12. So it's not like they're super far off from what they did last year. But as you said, last year felt more scheduled and handled that. yeah but i mean seven to twelve yeah. i mean that's nearly doubling double. and when you consider yeah. that a, a modern battle tome has you know cards and endless spells and uh, and all the, and they've had you know new model releases we've had at least one new model line this year um i mean even the endless spells and terrain has been a, a lot of releases like i mean how many new models for age of sigmar if we count endless spells and terrain has GW le- released in in 2019? Um, 40? Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's one of the one of the things that was brought up to me is that the interesting thing about OCR Bone Reapers is they are a brand new faction, and so it's easier to mess up a brand new faction. Well, well established factions, you have something that you started with, and it's easier to work with them because you already know what you wanted the thing to do, and from then on, you're just kind of tightening it up yeah i was just saying you're you're rebalancing an existing concept instead of with ocr bow rinkers especially they were they were really trying to not only create a new faction but like a lot of new mechanics like that army doesn't have just like one new mechanic there's what four or five maybe seven things that are totally unique to that army so it's understandable that that army might be they missed the mark because they are trying a bunch they're experimenting with a bunch of new things and this is their attempt at trying to see how these new things work out. And they may have missed the mark. But it's when they have probably eight of the um, 12 battle tones this year are basically just book updates and not rules updates. And half of those eight, they missed the fucking mark. That's where I get frustrated. Oh, I hear. And, and if you're on those ones, especially ones that had like mini battle tomes in previous generals handbooks like mm-hmm. Slanesh and Skaven, uh, while they weren't fully fleshed out from the general's handbook – there was they were getting play, and mostly what those mm-hmm. battle tomes do is based on what was happening in those mini codexes or mini battle tomes. Yeah. So, do you have any thoughts on all that? I feel like John and I have been going on and on, Alex. Like, what what are your thoughts on this year as a whole? I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I shut the fuck up for a reason. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily think it's as messy. I think near the end of the year, yeah, things did get a little messy. Um, despite the because the, 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 the end the of the about, year skating and flesh eater course were released in like march when we take a look into everything here um the 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 first messy thing i saw it's not their fault um the the sylvaneth thing um so you know it's 
other people's fault. This is not a political podcast, so we won't dive into that. Um, and uh, yeah, this year, I, I agree with the idea of, um, you know, since Asiarch did were a completely new faction, it's likely that, you know, there are some things that can be a bit growing painy for new players or other players and things like that. Um, not very many excuses can be made for some of the other armies, though, that are well-established, as you guys have mentioned earlier. Um, for me, I was looking at a lot of the stuff with, say, this new Slaves of Darkness book. And I'm like, how the fuck did a lot of those rules slip through the cracks, you know? Um, but, of course, we are going to wait for that FAQ, too. Um, not the big one, but the Battle Tome FAQ to see I guess how that's part of change. my point is a book gets released and now we just go – well, the book's not out until the FAQ does. Like that's just standard practice now. Oof. We don't even bother feeling like a book is even out until we wait the two weeks for the FAQ. If that's if it. Well, for me, for me, it's all about putting your Sherlock Holmes hat on and figuring out deductive reasoning to figure out what is a realistic expectation to get addressed and what is not a realistic expectation to get addressed. When I with Ossiarch, for example. Um, and I don't want this whole episode to be about Bone Reapers, but um, for them, you know, since they were the most recent battle tomb that's gotten an FAQ or with, with Ogre Ma tribes, looking over and playing a, a GT and and, and be really diving face first into that faction, I like I would hear comments and I would see comments online about oh this needs to be addressed and that needs to be addressed, and then I look at previous FAQs, I look at FAQs of armies I've played before. And then I look how this army plays and I go, okay, well, like, there's a clear intention here, here, and here about how this army works. And, like, again, this is and this is a discussion we've had, I think, last spring when I went on a little rant session about deductive reasoning and critical thinking skills and how sometimes people just overall lack those skills. So for me, it I was able to put two and two together very quickly to see, oh, well, this is not going to be addressed in an FAQ, yet uh, people are complaining about you know this particular subject because this is clearly what Games Workshop had in, uh, you know as intended. And then there were other things, you know, like taking a look at the harvesters rules, for example, where I'm like, okay, they're going to get a lot of flack from this. They should know that, you know, it may or may not have been their intention, but they know that this is an easy fix. And lo and behold, it, like the harvesters regrow got addressed in the FAQ surprise, right. surprise, you know, and then other ones like the obvious erratas with erratas. I don't ever have to, t I don't feel like they're ever worth mentioning because erratas are erratas. The erratas are like the spell check past publication. Um, so, so yeah, you know, I'm, I don't know. We're, we're going to have to continue to see where things go. I, I don't fully I subscribe to the idea that people they're kind of putting their nose up to competitive players um i think i i'm very much more in the area the, the the corner that john is in about them maybe overshooting i think getting cocky is something that rules writers can get done a lot um i think that there's and, and you know unlike how a lot of us were with 40k and say fifth edition not to name any names um but you know it starts with an m ends with an at ward um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people wanted to direct frustration and anger to one person, but there's, there's, there's editors, there's play testers, there's one or more rules writers in a book. You know, there's putting the, the responsibility squarely on the shoulders of one person isn't always completely fair. Um, and back in the day, they really were books that were written by like one explicit person. Nowadays, it is a much more complicated process, especially since there is a more expanded network of play testers as well. So it's like, it's hard for me to really want to point blame or complain because it's like, okay, well, they just need to do better. And however they're going to do better, I, I want them to do it. Um, and, you know, sometimes it takes people giving them shit. Who knows? So there's a good idea. So for me, I'm kind of in the middle between Garrett, between both of you, you know, between John and Garrett. Um, you know, I think that putting putting their, a light under their ass is helpful, but at the same time, I'm well aware. I'm, I'm not doomsaying. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's my opinion. Right. Fair enough. That sounds I mean, all very reasonable. I, yeah. I, I am, I'm patiently awaiting this FAQ. I'm not having a whole lot of faith at this point. I'm losing a lot of my faith in their ability to 
get things right right now. But I will say that after seeing what they did from the transition of 1.0 to 2.0, I will say that I do have faith that maybe in the next year, things will start to balance out. I'm just having a very frustrating year with Age of Sigmar right now. Yeah, I understand. But let's talk about some of the details here, you know, um, one of which was the, you know, some of them we can glide over pretty quickly. We talked a little bit before recording today, um, reviewing some of the bits of information that are public on the English portion of the, um, of the website. Um, you know, the base sizes, really, it's just updates to certain things. They're not really new base sizes. They're just like, here are the ones that weren't previously in the, the, um, you know, in the document, like Ossiac Bone Reavers or some of the endless spells. Funnily enough, <laughs> they, they added the Forbidden Power ones. And I think just yesterday, James was like, the uh, Soul Scream Bridge doesn't have a base. I'm like, it's got to have a base. And I looked in the basing guide. I'm like, they don't have the Forbidden Power stuff. And then today, oh, look, the Forbidden yep. Power stuff. So there's your base size, James. Go get that base. Yep. It was funny. I was correct. literally one day later, I got to prove him that there was a base. That's correct. And then, um, you know, with the, um, pardon me, with the other uh, changes, um, you know, the big rule books uh, change was just modern, you know, modern war scrolls are modern, modern war scrolls. So they're not like, it's not a huge deal. Um, the points changes in Azure are the ones that I've been taking a closer look at. And there's a lot of winners and losers. Well, I mean, there's no losers, so to speak, because they're all points reductions no, no so, Skaven uh, got points increases <laughs> oh yeah, my bad so part of why my bad like, like my bad. i would actually wouldn't mind the war scroll changes and other stuff that i've uh maybe seen already but the points changes are a killer for me you know adding 60 or 80 points to your list is a is a bitch yeah yeah that is uh <laughs> that's rough, and the, and the and the war scroll change to the plague monks, Ooh. if true, if if there is not a page two of that, isn't it like is, on the GW website at this point? It is on the games so Workshop I'm, website. I, I'm going to give that a 99 percent truth rate. Oof. Well, plague monks got hit in the nuts pretty hard. Well, luckily, yeah. my plague monks have uh, seen a lot of table time. So if they're uh, retired as of this moment, it's no big deal. I've certainly gotten my money's worth out of them. <laughs> yeah. Bef before we you jump know. into all the points, on the we English FAQs, the one battle tome that did get an errata was the Maggotkin of Nurgle. And so what the things that we do know that's coming out is uh, Blight Kings and anybody who has the, blight, the Blighted Weapons rule, they changed uh, for six or more gets d6 hits they made that an unmodified six and i know that this was a major pain point for a lot of nurgle players because blight kings could essentially be neutered by a minus like uh geminids or whatever any minus one to hit you got to nothing because if you're at hit if you got minus one to hit all of a sudden you can never get exploding sixes because you can never roll a six or more they've been begging for unmodified sixes for oh god over a year now but the one thing that annoys me is blades of putrefaction did not become unmodified sixes so things like marauders who get plus one to hit still trigger blades on fives and stuff so mm -hmm. that's a frustrating thing for me but they did finally address after long time that blight kings needed to be unmodified sixes so there's one of the erratas that we know of as and of and i will also go ahead and say that I went ahead and pulled up the Plague Monk War Scroll on the GW website and there's a second page. It talks about the Parafeated oh, Blades, please. it talks about the Frenzied Assault, it talks about the Book of Woes. Oh, happy day. So happy I'm, day. So just didn't fully update the second page. Yeah, yet. so I, what I see is I don't really see any changes here. Yeah. So what we have here, though, in terms of uh, points costs for everything else um there's going to be pitched battle uh uh point changes for beasts of chaos corn daughters of cain flesh eater courts fire slayers gets uh deep kin soul blight so vampires nurgle night hunt skaven tide stormcast eternals and sylvana um we only have right now 
rumored changes. Um, I say that rumored because it's all in Azure and someone took the time to do it. But until I've seen it like pen to paper on a document, you know, on an FAQ, I'm, I'm uh, reserved in officially saying these are the official points changes. We have the but official looking... points changes for Maggot Kin of Nurgle. Yes, we do have the official points changes for Maggot Kin of Nurgle with those battalions going down in points. But let's take a look at some of the other things here. We Real... want to just briefly take a look. We don't necessarily need to dive into Real quick, too I much here. just want to say yeah. on the Maggot Kin one, the one big change is Blessed Sons went down to 40 points. So it is cheaper. It gives you a rel a command point, and it is cheaper than a command point. <laughs> yes, so, and it is a it is a, it is a battalion on top of blight cyst. So and it gives you a free uh, relic. Yeah, or plague cyst. Yeah, so it's basically you, you are losing points by not taking blessed sons at this. Point. Yeah, that's a, uh, now it's interesting. Wow. None of those are are in pink though. So are are those the points lists from before, or are they just not colored? No, no, it, it's. Um, they're not coloring them. They have them asterisk. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the on the pitch battle profiles, things that have changes will have an asterisk next Got to it. them. Yeah. Now for Beast of Chaos, I'm not quite sure that there's any distinct winners here. Um, you know, the Doom Bowl, basically everything went down 20 points between a Doom Bowl, Bolgors, and a Gorgon. Or Doom Bowls and uh, Bolgors went down 20 points each. And then Cygors and Gorgons, the two, you know, the dual kit, uh, monsters, um, they both went down 40 points each. Um, I'm not quite sure if those are all that huge. All fan, actually, they're all huge because Bolgors were at that really frustrating point level where at 160 they just flat out weren't worth it. At 140, they straight up become playable. It is a fantastic yeah. change, and it's one that, like, they either I've been talking to my brother about this lot, they either need plus one attack or they need to go down 20 points, and 20 points was an easy one. The Doom there Bowl, you go. The Doom Bowl going down twenty points. He was already a bargain, honestly. He had he has eight wounds at a four plus save, and he hits pretty hard. He's just a really efficient unit. Now he's even more efficient. The Gorgon going down forty points is a huge change. He's a sub 214 wound monster now. So he's fourteen wounds that has like three attacks that do five damage a swing or five attacks that do three okay. damage a swing. Like he's actually worth taking now because he's at a, the one downside was that he had a five plus save. So he has 14 wins, but only a five up save. So now at 160, you take two of them for 320 and you got a solid just like kill these fuckers. They're going to murder you if you don't. Taking a look at the uh, Deepkin, I'm very excited about the Deepkin. Both Eidolons went down a significant number of points. Um, it, you know, uh, the. Uh, aspect of the sea going from 420 to 380 and then Eidolon or the aspect of the storm uh, they both dropped 400 or 40 points you know one went uh, the other one went from 400 to 360 i think those are huge but you know jeremy and i and, and you guys a little earlier today we were all joking about the uh he was calling it the alopex <laughs> meta like welcome to the new alopex meta. Shark meta <laughs> hashtag shark shark week yeah. <laughs> we've had new shark week yeah because they they are now one hundred point units, which is cheap as uh, and hell. I, I question yeah, I whether they're I worth James, it at hundred, but okay. I told James I'm like, wow, the Bulgore is a bargain at one hundred, and James is like, dude, the shark's better at a hundred, and I'm like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, other things taking a look here at Sylvaneth, I see Alariel went down to six hundred from six sixty. Um, you know. Uh, with Garrett, you know, you playing uh, Sylvaneth, see, wow. Spirit of Dursley went down 40, Tree Lord Ancient goes down 40, Tree Lords go down 20. Like, that's that's pretty a, significant. So the Tree Lords going down 20, like, the problem with the Tree Lords is that if you're taking a Tree Lord, take a Tree Lord Ancient. Like, they're just mm, better. Yeah. Tree Lords are just, but they're so cheap. It's like, when I saw that they were 200, I'm like, holy crap, 200 points for a 4 plus always strike last stomp. <laughs> But Sylvaneth mm -hmm. run into this problem where you're so strapped for points anyways, because 200 points also gets you three Kurnoth Hunters. Mm. So it, it's, it's Tree Lords are just so hard to fit because they don't really have a role. Tree Lord Ancient yeah. dropping 40, though, that is fantastic. I thought they were solid at 300, and now I'm just jumping with joy. Dorothy dropping down to 300, I think that's a good, solid drop. He, yeah. he kind of was awkward. Like, he was really expensive at 340, and now he's like, 
okay, he's worth taking. And then Alario dropping down to 60 points, down to 600. I might have to get myself Alario. Like, it, that that's a solid, solid bump. Okay. You know, we can go down this list and it would be like a three-hour show. So let's take a look at some of the factions that we think in particular are some of the winners and losers of these uh, points changes here. John, let's start with you. Um, in terms of factions, I mean, we know your Skaven went up, and we can talk about that if you'd like, but John, are there any clear winners that you're looking at that we may have not have already uh, discussed? Uh, well, any? honestly, again, the, the only thing I've seen was a uh, some kind of a, a release that I wasn't sure how true it was, so I didn't go ahead and grab it, so I haven't been studying these. I was uh, I put my eye on the Skaven uh, points changes, and and really the, the disturbing thing is that the things that went up in price are things that went up in price already earlier this year. So uh, most of the stuff that they increased price mm. on has already been increased already. Uh, so I don't, I myself question where the justification comes from that. Um, at the points levels, I'm seeing those models. Uh, they, they were at their already previous points cost increase. They were at the edge of where I thought I would still want to use them. And now with even the slightest increase, um, uh, just not going to run it. I have 320 of Ermin Lord Warps here. It's like, ah, man, that's, uh, I don't know. So so that's kind of the, the only things I really paid attention to, uh, to be honest with you. Okay. Okay. Uh, and and, and um, no, I should, yeah, I should take I'm that back out. I, I did pay attention to one other thing, and you guys already talked about it, was the Eidneth points going down. Uh, and you know my other my other main army is Eidneth Deepkin, so it's like oh my Skaven are becoming less playable, and my Eidneth just became more playable. So uh, you know order that's that's how I roll nowadays. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's all it's, in flex, right? It's all exactly. About and and it. other than that, I've I still have my eyes, uh, you know, on. Um, uh, on my maggotkin, so you know there's some nice changes to the Nurgle stuff. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if I end up playing those two. Okay, okay. You know, Garrett, I saw that you had sent me some information about the Blood Crushers going down to 160, and uh, or Blood Crushers going down to 120, and the Skull Crushers going down to 160. We know that you also play Corn. Seems pretty exciting for you. Yeah, I mean, it, when if you're ever gonna past me of which ones I was going to pay attention to. You hit Beast of Chaos, Sylvaneth were the two I was going to pay attention to, and the third one I looked at was Corn. So of the Corn changes, were Skull Crushers down to 160 from 180, which I think is a fantastic change. Uh, they are It's a really efficient point rating with their three plus saves now. They were they jumped to 180 earlier. Um, so now they're. I think a lot of people are going to look at them, but Blood Crushers going down to 120 is this very interesting change because now they're at that spammable point level. And since they do mortal wounds on the charge with the bigger units doing more mortal wounds, I could see people running just a shit ton of Blood Crushers and then just charging down the field and mortal wound people on the charge. Yeah, I, like I already thought that they were... Because they had yeah. already seen a decrease in cost uh, with the release of the Battle mm-hmm. Tome. So I thought the previous decrease like put them at the right level and an additional decrease in cost. like Those things are dirt cheap at 40 points a model yeah I mean, wow and and they still yeah. you know yeah. they still have the demon keyword they still have a blood letter on mm-hmm. their back so they can pump out the mortal wounds there's there's a lot you can do with those guys and of course you can the way they change the mortal wound mechanic on the charge uh, i think that there's a lot of potential to sort of unlock some some spammy real spammy uh mortal wound output i was already finding that by spamming the um, heralds on a blood crusher uh, that you could do a lot of cool stuff. So now you got the actual blood crushers. I mean, uh, like you said, Garrett, I, I can see in a whole army that's just massive cavalry and maybe a couple bloodthirsters running behind them and go to town. Throwing the blood, yeah. uh, the blood hunt stampede or whatever, which is the blood crusher one. And now they're auto passing their mortal wound on the charge. And you could just do like, 18 d3 mortal wounds with two units of nine blood yes rushers. yes thank you very much yeah so as the uh, resident death player here i gotta say um it's cool to see that neferata and manfred go down 20 points but i don't think it's all that crazy good here uh 360 to there were 380 there were 380 earlier Oh, shit. Okay. Then, yeah, 40 points is pretty significant, especially when they're not Arkin. And we don't have to talk about Arkin right now because he may or may not be a, see a points reduction. I think we all agree that that might have been a, a miss a mistype there. 
Um, and then I'm like, I'm looking at the night hunt release or uh, uh, point decreases. Kurdos goes down from 200 to 180. I don't think he's worth it in a night hunt army. I still think he's Legion of Grief for the command point um, steely uh, themed army. Um, and then the black coach going from 260 uh, down to 220 is an additional wow. point decrease from what they had earlier in the year. And I love the model. It's one of my favorite models I've ever painted. Um, and it's a gorgeous model, but, uh, in the current state of the game, uh, it's not all that great. I've seen that so, thing do work and 220. I've, uh, I've witnessed it do yeah. work my own. Yeah. Myself. It's true. Even at it's 220? Not, even at 220, I can't, I can't, I can't, um, yep. justify it. Um, but Lady Oleander continues to see a points decrease. She went from 220 points down to 200. She is the cheapest of the five Mortarks. And she's a mortal wound monster yes. if you don't deal with her. So she is great. I'm very happy that she saw a points decrease. Was there anything else that caught your eye or was it just those three? Did the Rykonor go down 10 points? Rykonor was not touched. Okay, he's um, 170 now and he was always 170? He was 190 before the um, General's Handbook Okay, of 2019. So we went down 20 this year. Um, uh, um, uh, Leo went down 40, um, this over the course or since the initial release, 40 or 60 from the initial release, one or the other. I don't know. Um, but you are, uh, uh, to answer your question that you just asked though. Yeah. The other one that stands out is, uh, since our resident Frenchman isn't here, um, you know, we, we got to talk about fire slayers here. Full kite berserkers went down 20 points from 160 to 140. And then hearth guard berserkers went down to, uh, their max unit size was got reduced from 30 down to 20, but they did get a gain a horde discount. So they're 120 each or 400. Now, out wasn't of 20 Jeremy units. predicting uh, price increases for those units? <laughs> yeah. We don't know what happened. I don't I think he was predicting. I think he was hoping as a fire slayer player, he was hoping for a price increase. Yeah. So now he's just like, Viva la revolution. Um, I will so say he's... one thing about that. Horde discount before 25 Hearthguard Berserkers cost 600 points and 30 Hearthguard Berserkers cost 600 points. So it was literally the same. You got a like flat free five guys for your Horde discount, and at least you don't get that anymore. You still have to spend some points to get your next five guys. So at least that's <laughs> a thing. That's true. That's true. But um, we've already talked to Jeremy and, you know, he's not here to talk about it himself, but he's just like, fuck it. One unit of 30. No, I'll just do two units uh, or three units of 20 now. Yeah. right. So, so, I mean, a unit of 20 is a lot more reasonable uh, to deal with than a unit unit of 30, I think, personally. Well, sure. It's a third Um, easier. So the army got more efficient, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've walked up to him after a game and him go, oh my god, like, he killed, like, 22 of my Hearthguard, and then, like, eight of them just, like, lasted the rest of the game. Well, now, you'll have to, one whole unit will be gone. So I think points destroyed, that'll start playing roles here. Um, But who knows? We'll see. It really depends on so many other different factors. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new Nighthawk Battalions and the rules thereof, but... uh, we are really hitting the uh, hitting the wire in terms of time today. Uh, before we disconnect, however, John, I think you have a, a oh, message absolutely. for Just, uh, Of course, we'll be releasing this on uh, Thursday of this week. So uh, if you don't know about the Winter War this weekend uh, and uh, you're anywhere but in Northern California, I imagine this uh, message falls on deaf ears. But if you are uh, anywhere out west, if you have a, a chance to travel or you're just in the Greater Bay Area, uh, we have Winter Wars 4 happening this Saturday and Sunday at the Game Castle Mountain View. And uh, what can I say? Uh, we are just a couple players short of hitting GT levels right now. So uh, I myself am going to, I just got the news from Donna that she actually has this uh, weekend off. So in a rare turn of events, my wife is going to be bringing out her corn demons and dropping some dice. Uh, and I can see if my buddy Phil is maybe willing to uh, drop some dice as well. So we've got a couple people in. And if you're anywhere out there, if you at all want to play, please come on down. We got room for you. It's going to be an amazing event. 
great missions. I'm going to do uh, one day uh, is going to be uh, in each realm. I don't want to announce those yet, but eat all day Saturday will be in one realm and all day Sunday will be in a different realm, uh, much as I did last year. And other than that, uh, I look forward to seeing everybody this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Winter Wars 4, it is happening. Be there. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So I unfortunately won't be able to be there, at least not to play. I might come by oh, and visit John. Area, though, huh? <laughs> I am going to be flying out uh, Friday afternoon on the 20th. And um, and yeah, we're going to nice. be doing the family. Nice. Well, that, that's so, perfect, actually. Uh, yeah. How many family members do you have? Do we have enough armies to cover them? Because nothing pulls a family <laughs> together like a little bit of gaming, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that is a that is a can of worms. I don't know about oh, come that. Come on now, I'll, I'll <laughs> match myself up against your mom for the first round, so she has an enjoyable game. <laughs> I'm sure she'd like to stomp Sadly, little rats. John, I'll be flying out. Oh no, I'm oh, your brother. Nick. Well, wait. Now, whatever happened to him? Now, yeah. we were talking at Nova, and he was all fired up. Uh, did he go ahead and pull the trigger as he jumped into some Age of Sigmar? Not uh, yet, not yet. Oh, we're gonna have to. We have to see. Maybe, maybe I'll bring him with. Uh, you know what? No, you know what? Oh, he comes bummer, in on the bummer. Yeah, it'd be nice to swing Damn him it. by. I'd love to see him and Damn say hi it. again, if nothing else. Well, oh well, oh well. I myself yeah, well, uh, have all uh, next week off, so uh, maybe we'll talk a little offline. Maybe I'll get a sure. get a chance to come see you guys. At least say hi to your brother. I'd like to see him again. He was a great guy. It was great meeting him earlier in the year. So, I'd like to continue with that. Well, uh, we'll get him in. <laughs> we'll get him awesome. in somehow. Somehow. <laughs> Uh, great. Well, uh, hope everyone uh, did enjoy this episode today. Uh, as always, if you do like this uh, episode or any of our episodes, feel free to give us a like, a review on Facebook or on Apple Podcasts, or again, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, this is going to be Alex, John, and Garrett. Uh, signing Later, off folks. The Have a great and wonderful Christmas and all of that awesome stuff. Ditto. Yes, and do go to Winter Wars if you're in the Bay Area. You got a day yes, and a half. Winter Maybe Wars, a little bit come see me. Winter Ward up. <laughs> there you go. Have a good night. Winning is not a sometime thing. It's an all-the-time thing. You don't win once in a while, and you don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. Winning is a habit. <laughs>